0: long, this text has been burdening my heart. Every time I try to pray, study, and think, Genesis 14 comes to my mind. Genesis 14. There's a sergeant by the name of Alvin C. York. He was born in a two-room log cabin in uh, Palmall, Tennessee in 1887. And uh, he wrestled with the notion of fighting in a war because of his faith. He felt like, I will have faith in Christ and I don't need to be going off to fight in a world war, especially World War I. And while on leave at home, he became convinced that it was God's will for him to enter the fight. And he went into World War I believing that God would protect him And used him mightily in the conflict. And sure enough, by the end of the war, Sergeant York was highly decorated, most notably with the Medal of Honor as he led an attack on a German machine gun nest, took 32 guns, killed 28 of the enemy, took 132 prisoners. In many ways, Sergeant York was a very unlikely soldier. And in this text, we also see a man by the name of Abram. We know him as Abraham, who is an unlikely soldier. We're going to read about his nephew Lot. Lot had made a decision. Abraham said, you choose which way you want to go and I'll go the other way. Lot chose the well-watered plain, the land that looked like that it was going to be the garden And he went towards the land of Sodom, and he pitched his tent there. To Abraham, God said, now you look and lift up your eyes. You look north, south, east, and west, and everything you see, I'm going to give you. And they went their separate ways. Now we see Lot taken in Sodom in the middle of a war between the world and the world. And it took him captive. And word comes back to Abram that Lot's caught up in it. And Abram is compelled to go and rescue his relative. It's as if Abram goes from working with the herd to becoming a hero. He's gone from being a sojourner to becoming a soldier. May I say this morning that the Christian life is not a playground. It's a battleground. And you're going to have to exhibit faith over fear. You have a loved one. Maybe you, yourself, something going on within you, your family, someone extended to you, a friend that's caught up in a situation. And you are burdened to death about their life. You must put on the whole armor of God. You must fight the good fight of faith. You've got to serve and live as a good soldier of the Lord Jesus Christ. The book of Genesis is the book of beginnings. You're going to see in verse 2, there's a war, the first war that's recorded in Scripture is right here in Genesis chapter 14 verse 2. And by the word war, that tells me that there are people being smitten, there are weapons being used, there are people's lives being maimed, people are dying, people are trying to flee, and as they flee, they're going to fall in slime pits, they're going to be taken captive, and held against their will. I'm talking about somebody today that has a bullseye on their back, a target of the devil that's got them caught up in a situation. In Genesis chapter 14, we're reading about a war. There is a war. There is a, number one, a raging conflict that's taking place. There is a war. There are five kings from the east that are brought down to the plain to fight the four kings of the plain. And just to let you know, they beat them to death. In fact, for 12 long years, the kings of the east ruled the kings of the plain. Lot belongs to the kings of the plain. He has been ruled and reigned over by sinful things for 12 long years. I'm talking about somebody that's got sin trying to move in and rule and reign in their life. It's happening in your home. It's happening in your work. It's happening in your family. And sin is moved in trying to rule. But in the 13th year, the kings of the plain said, Oh no, we've had enough. We're going to revolt. And man, we're turning this thing back. And they did. And for one year, they had freedom again and liberty. They got a new lease on life. But in the 14th year, the kings of the east said, "Uh uh-uh. We're returning and we're going to rule on you. The nerve of you saying that we don't have the right to rule you. Boy that sounds familiar doesn't it? As Hollywood. Or maybe other different branches of government. And different prideful. Powerful people. That believe they have the right. To rule and reign in your life. And, they, and you try to push them back. And say I'm not involved here. And they say who do you think you are? The nerve of you. Trying to say that we. Don't have a right to tell you how it ought to be. The, who do you think you are to tell us that we don't, we can't take what belongs to you. They think what belongs to you rightfully belongs to them. And you try to push back on it, but honey, they're so powerful and they're so prideful with their belief systems that they want to take their sinful lifestyles and their immoral ways and press it on you, and make you live according to the way they think things ought to be. Am I preaching yet or not? There is a raging conflict in our land today. There's a raging conflict in your family, and we see a critical problem. Well, the kings of the east when they stood up to or the plane, when they began to revolt, they said, listen, we've got numbers in our favor. There's more of us than there are of them. We have the terrain in our favor. We're fighting for home. They're fighting from afar. We've got motivation. They've got none. Listen to me. Not one hint in all the scripture that they prayed, that they asked God to help them. They didn't one time cry and say, Oh God, for 12 years they've tried to press these lifestyles and these immoral ways on us, God. Please help. Not one place, not one time did they pray. Now, when the enemy returned, they began to press on them even more. And the Bible says, are you with me? In verse number 10, they got beat so bad they had to turn, tuck tail, and run. Verse 10. The vale of Siddham was full of slime pits. You ought to underline that. And the kings of Sodom and Gomorrah f- fled, and they fell there. And they remained, and they that remained fled to the mountain. And they took all the goods of Sodom and Gomorrah and all their bittles, and went their way. And they took Lot, Abram's brother's son, who dwelt in Sodom, and his goods, and departed. Now Lot is taken captive by these wicked kings. Verse 13 says, There was one that had escaped, and told Abram, The Hebrew, and he dwelt in the plain of Mamre, the Amorite, the brother of Eschol, the brother of Aner. And these were confederate with Abram. And when Abram heard that his brother, you ought to underline that. When he heard that his brother was taken captive, he armed his trained servants, born in his own house, 318 And pursued them unto Dan. And he divided himself against them. He and his servants by night and smote them. And pursued them unto Hobah, which is on the left hand of Damascus. And brought back all the goods. And good news also brought again his brother Lot and his goods. And the women also and the people. There is a raging conflict. When the people began to retreat, they fell in the slime pits. And the wicked kings of the east came and began to take them captive. And they fled as they fell into the mountains. And the Bible said they came and they took Lot. Now we see a critical problem. But I also see there's some confiscated provisions look again at verse 11 the enemy took away all the goods of Sodom and Gomorrah you ought to underline that word all let me tell you what the devil when you get involved with the devil he doesn't play fair and he'll take everything you have they took all the goods they confiscated their provisions the devil What's everything you've got? Your family, your friends, your testimony, your life, your health, your witness, your joy, your fellowship with God. The devil wants to confiscate the goods God has given to you. And not only does he want to confiscate, but look, he took some Captive persons. Verse number 12 says they took Lot, Abram's brother's son, who dwelt in Sodom, and his goods and departed. I'm talking about they took the people captive. The world fighting the world. Lot wasn't caught up in that battle. He's made some bad choices. He's made some selfish choices. He's made some hurtful choices in his life and now he's caught up in it and there is a problem. He's lost his home. He's lost his possessions. He's lost his freedom. He's lost his joy. Do you see that? There's a raging conflict. Number two, I want us to see in this text the related captive. Verse 13 says that one person escaped from this raging conflict. And when they escaped, they came to Abraham. And when they came to Abraham, they told him that Lot had been taken captive. Look at verse 14. When Abraham heard that his brother was taken captive, he armed his trained servants, born in his own house, 308 of them he has a family member that's caught up in this trouble you have a family member that's caught up in drugs you know you used to hear about drugs but you didn't pay it a whole lot of attention until your family got caught up in it and now you looking it up on the phone and googling it at the house on your computer you got a family member caught up in an immoral lifestyle didn't used to bother you so much till it got in your family maybe there's an alcohol problem a situation going on that the enemy's trying to have his way with your family and all these years you've preached tough love man tough love until it happened to somebody you love, and all of a sudden, you have started paying attention. All of a sudden, those things that's been happening around you all this time that the priest has been preaching about and the, and the news has been telling you about, didn't bother you. You was fine until now. A loved one's caught in it, and you're burdened, and you're troubled. And you're researching. Let me tell you, you're seeking the face of God. You're asking, Lord, would you help me? You've become afraid. There's maybe it's depression. I'll preach you there in drugs and alcohol, but depression? You got a family member called in depression. And you sit here and you look at me and you smile. But the truth of the matter is, you are worried out of your wits. Because of what's going on. Preacher, why you preach this? Because God laid it on my heart. You have a captive relative in this situation. And man, you are so burdened. You do whatever you could to help get them out of this situation. Your flesh says, just leave them alone. But God is telling you to get involved. God is telling you to pray. God is telling you. To stand up for them. All week long. I've been sick. Flat on my back. And all I could think about was situations that's been going on. Things that God has brought to my mind. Situations I've been concerned about. Stressed over. Praying about. You hear the cry. Of a child saying, Mama, isn't there somebody that can help us? We're caught in a problem, Mama. I don't know what we're doing. I fear for my safety, Mama. Can you hear that young and say, Daddy, is there anybody to help us? Daddy, is there any help for us? that is there anybody that cares enough about us to see us through this event? I'm talking about children afraid for their safety. I'm talking about children worried absolutely to death what's going to happen. I'm talking about maybe your grand youngin, And I'm telling you it's got your attention. And they're caught up in a raging conflict and God has called you and me as Christians to be soldiers for the cause of Christ. How many men and women has this country sent forward to hazard their lives to be able to try to rescue some child or some little boy or little girl or some? mom or some daddy that's caught up in something that they had nothing to do with. Oh yeah, maybe they made some bad choices. But my Bible tells me that the people that God delivers are people that are caught up in bad choices. I mean, yes. The Bible says that the men of Sodom were exceeding sinners. They are exceeding wicked sinners. You can read about that. Look at chapter thirteen, verse thirteen. The men of Sodom were wicked and sinners before the Lord, exceedingly. Well, preacher, Darren, I tell you, I just I don't really have anything to do or nothing for what's going on down there in Sodom. Thirdly, and I'm gonna be done, and I want to spend some time here. I see thirdly the rescuing compulsion. The rescuing compulsion. Now when I think about this thought, verse 10 says this, that the veil of Sidom was full of slime pits. So when these people in the conflict that's made bad choices, that they've made bad decisions, when they start to run, They fall in the slime pits. And you may say, well, they've made a bad decision. They're getting what they deserve. The slime pit's a good place for them. May I just remind you, look at verse 16. My Bible says that Abram brought back all the goods and also his brother Lot and his goods and the women also And the people. Who is it that God had rescued? Who is it that God had delivered from the slime pits? Who is it that God delivered from this conflict that had taken captives? It is these people that's made these bad choices. I want to think about, first of all, Abram's response. One escaped and told Abram, What's happened? What is Abram's response to the news that Abram or that Lot is taken captive? I'll be honest with you. I thought about it. I don't even know that this war would have been recorded in the annals of Scripture had it not been the fact or for the fact that Lot was caught up in it. That's that's why we're seeing it. And Abram wouldn't even get involved were it not for the fact that Lot's in it. And you would not be involved either were it not for the fact that your mama, your daddy, your grand youngins, your children, your loved one is caught up in this. You wouldn't be involved either. But they're involved, there's something that's caused them to lose fellowship. There's something that's caused them to lose joy. There's something that's causing them to lose faithfulness to the house of God. And what, when you heard this news, can I get a witness? Have you heard the news? What is your response? What is Abram going to do about it? Well, Preacher Darren, he's living as a stranger in the land. He's, He's a pilgrim. Passing through. He's not going to get involved in what's going to. Oh, yes, he is insulated from the problem, but he is not isolated from the problem. He's not indifferent. Lot is his brother's son, Lot is his nephew. It's spiritually his brother in Christ. He did not say, well, Lot made his own bed. Let him lie in it. He didn't say Lot should have never went to Sodom anyway. Serves him right. He's getting what he truly deserves. He was not indifferent. He was not indecisive. He didn't say, well, God has called called me to be a farmer and not a fighter. God's called me to be a sojourner, not a soldier. God never called me to be a soldier. He called me to be a saint. I'm not going to get involved. Oh, no, honey. He, when he was faced with the need of a weaker brother, he got involved. And upon hearing about it, he's got to do something. Now, you're holding your place here. We're going to 1 John, 1 John 3, 16. 1 John 3:16 I'm talking about what are you going to do about the situation you're hearing about right now. First John 3:16 Hereby perceive we the love of God because he laid down his life for us and we and we ought to lay down our lives For the brethren, verse 17, But whoso hath this world's good, and seeth his brother have need, and shutteth up his bowels of compassion upon him, how dwelleth the love of God in him? Abram said, How can I hear that my nephew is caught up in this conflict and me not get involved? How can I be indifferent to it? How can I be indecisive about it? I must be involved. I must be willing to lay down my life to rescue Lot. Pretty strong words, don't you think? He's going to have to say, Yes, there are these kings out there, four of them, powerful, mighty kings of the east that has laid their will upon people for 14 years. But bless God, I'm not going to be afraid to get involved. I'm going to have faith over fear. You know what we need today in this church? We need to have faith over our fear. Why, Preacher Dear, He was willing to take up arms. He was willing to do what he needed to do to rescue his brother. There's no doubt that the army he's going to fight against It's bigger than his army. But let's see what he did. Verse 14, back in our text, he knew he's got to act swiftly. The Bible says he took or he armed, the word armed, you know what that means? It means to draw from the sheath. In other words, he took 318 servants born in his household and he armed them with the sword of the Spirit. Those armed, trained servants represents the church of the living God. He represents you and me that are saved, that are redeemed, that have the Word of God at our our hands to be able to go out and use it. He armed them with the Word of God. He trained them in the Scriptures. Thank God for a church that's training and equipping young men and young women to go out and serve God 318 men that are obviously skilled with the sword and the Bible says he began to pursue them the scripture says verse 15 he divided himself against them he and his servants by night and he smote them and he pursued them from Hobah even unto Dan picture there what he's trying to say he, under the cover of night, took his men and began to discomfit, defeat, destroy the enemy. You know, he did? you know what he's doing? He's praying. He's serving God. He's going out against the enemy and he's standing up for his nephew Lot. You've got a family member that's in a conflict and you burden to death about him. Preacher, I've prayed, but I just want to get involved. Preacher I, I really, I really, Preacher, I can't even say anything about it. I asked our prayer room this morning, what would I do if I had been Lot's pastor? And I seen Lot making his decision to gradually pitch his tent towards Sodom and start getting kind of sort of out of church and you start seeing them veer away and get further away and then all of a sudden you, you don't see them anymore. What would you do if you were Lot's pastor? Would you say something? Well, if he preaches that message, I know he's aiming it at me. Preach it anyway. Do you think he'd pray for them? Do you think he'd pray with them? Do you think he'd get involved? Yeah, let him do what he's going Let do. He'll learn. He'll come back. He'll find out. Abraham was willing to risk everything he had to hazard his own life to get involved, to rescue Lot and all those people that were taken captive against their will. He was burdened, he prayed, and he sought the face of Almighty God. The Bible says that he brought back all the people. Look at verse 20. Look at verse 20. This is important. Blessed be the Most High God, which hath delivered thine enemies... Into thine hand. Do you see that? I'll stop right there. It was not Abraham's victory. The victory was the Lord's. God blessed him. To see an unjust situation. And blessed him. To get involved in it. That faith. Overcame fear. And God blessed him. With a great victory. I will conclude right here. Sir. Sir. Ma'am, I'm talking to you. Will you look at me for a second? It's time for a rescue effort. You've known about this situation. The unfaithfulness, the lack of fellowship, the depression, the drugs, the situation that's going on right now, and it's time that you got involved. Yes, Lot made a bad decision Yes, Lot's decision hurt Abraham. Yes, Lot made a sinful choice. But God, thank God, God rescues people all the time that make bad decisions, that make hurtful decisions, that make sinful decisions. God rescues them all the time. And I believe God is trying to burden my heart. And no doubt, maybe your heart as well to get involved and pray and seek God's face about somebody that can't even help themselves. Somebody that don't even, they don't even realize how dangerous the situation is that's around them this morning. And I know it's been a little different message today. But I'm telling you, God is burdening my heart to get involved in the Listen. You got 120 kids over here in a school. And man, there's many, you have no idea how many come to me today and say, Preacher, Dan, will you pray about such and such? And our teachers, they hear, they know. Get it. And the car, listen, I would never, I don't even know their family, but I would never be involved were it not for the fact that I connected to them through a young person in that school. And I'm telling you, there's some situations going on in your life, in your family, and God on this Memorial Day weekend is burdening my heart to get you to launch a rescue effort to get involved and pray and seek God's faith. You heard our sister. She jumped up and began to lay out her prayer journal before us and say, I begin to look back in 2018. Here's my prayer. My heart is broken. And the, de- and the devil says, this will never be won. I have them captive forever. They'll never be set free. But thank God for a mother who said I'm going to do whatever it takes to rescue my loved one. I would not be involved in drinking and drugs and all that's going on. I would not have that in my household were it not for the fact that I have a loved one that's got caught in it. And now I've got a burden about it. And I cry at night. And I'm burdened to death. And though I can't say anything about it, I have a prayer list that's not even on the prayer list. Before the service, somebody said, Preacher can I have your prayer list? I made them a copy. And I thought, this is not even the half. Right. These, these are, this is about people that have death. In their face. But I'm talking about situations that I can't even talk about. And I hear the cry of a child. Said, Mama, ain't there somebody to help us? Mama, can't we call Granddaddy? He'd pray for us, he'd put a roof over our head, he'd make us feel safe like I used to. When he held me in his arms. I'm talking about a saint of God. Abraham, child of God. You need to get involved. You stand to your feet. My heart's burdened to death today. You do what you need to do. Paul, this morning, Lord, we thank you for a man by the name of Abraham who was willing to risk everything that he had because he loved and he cared for his brother and how you blessed his faith. Lord, I'm thinking about your son Jesus who was willing to leave the splendor of heaven. He saw us down here in sin. We made bad decisions. Hurtful decisions. But He was willing to leave the splendor of the bosom of the Father to come to this sinful earth and fight a fight on Calvary's hill. Though He was sinless, though He wasn't even involved, He was burdened. For the souls of men. And he laid down his life. A ransom. That we might be set free. That we might be saved. That we might be spared. That we might be delivered. God I thank you for Jesus. I thank you for his burden. For my sinful soul. And I thank you for men and women. Like Abraham. That are still willing. To show their faith over fear. And no matter what happens to them, they'll do whatever it takes to see others be delivered. God, thank you for my Savior. Thank you for my deliverer. Thank you for men of God, for for women of God who are willing to get involved and pray and seek your face that we might be set free. Lord, I'm praying right now. God, burden after burden, object after object, On their heart today, God, heavy. Oh, Lord, I pray. God, you'd set them free. Help them, God, I pray. Deliver them, God. Defeat the world. Defeat the devil that holds them captive, God. Help them, Lord, I pray. Jesus, you know the need. Help us, Lord, I pray. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen and amen.